and welcome to this week's episode of Tuesdays with Roger. I'm Bevan Fletcher, and I'm here with Roger Etner of Recon Analytics. Hey, Roger, how are you doing? I'm good. It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Excited to be here. Must be good. Okay. Yeah, so, absolutely. So there's a lot of network testing results coming out around this time of year, and I thought we could dive into some different methodologies because different companies always like to tout different results, and it's kind of hard to tell who really has the better network. Um, so I know you have extensive knowledge when you worked at Nielsen. You've worked with drive testing and um, crowdsourced testing and surveys. So maybe we could jump in on to kind of what those are comprised of and some pros and cons. Yeah, and how, how they work differently. So uh, yeah, the three different ways of how you typically do uh, uh, testing is drive testing. Basically what happens here is uh, a bunch of like SUVs drive around. They have in the back of their truck loaded for like every carrier in a given market. Basically the identity, the same phone uh, in the, in their trunk. Mm -hmm. So for example, a, a Galaxy S7 or S8 from AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, whoever the fifth carrier is, or if there is a small local provider, uh, you have their phone in that as well. And then that uh, car is driving somewhere between one and a half and seven and a half thousand miles wow. through these cities uh, and is making a call every uh, two minutes mm -hmm. because that's the average call length and every call is then recorded and measured for drop calls call initiation problems so that how long does it how long does it take to set up a call is there a fast busy signal does the call drop what's the voice quality because there's a tape running in the background and recorded to measure the voice quality and uh, they measure texting so it's a non-stop texting they initiate uh, data sessions uh, short data sessions long data sessions all of that and you run them simultaneously so that you can really test carrier A, B, C, D, E in the same spot at the same time with the same handset mm -hmm. to have a true comparison at the so that everything is identical. And then you drive through the, through the neighborhoods and then you supplement that with uh, people who have that on the back of their, have it in a backpack. And then they go through malls, through uh, uh, sometimes subway and, and, and indoor stuff where you can't get with a, with a, with a car. So pretty so comprehensive. Very comprehensive, very controlled. You try to minimize the uh, variations so that everything, that the only thing that you test is the network. Mm -hmm. The focus is not testing different devices, how well they uh, perform with a network. Because not all, one of the biggest 
things that people think is that all phones behave the same way with a, with a network. They don't. Some phones are way better than others. Mm -hmm. uh, and nobody tells you about it. And the reason why nobody tells the consumer about it, because nobody has a vested interest in paying for it. Not the handset manufacturer, not the carrier. They're trying the best to uh, have a pretty uniform standard. Mm -hmm. And they make sure that the poor, really poor performing phones never make it on their, they never sell them. But because, um, you know, consumer freedom, if you bring a phone, even a crappy phone, you can connect it to most networks. And then you blame the carrier that your phone connection is horrible. More often than not, it's, it's your phone that has the bad connection, not the network. Because it's a handshake. Right. And so by buying a phone that actually the carrier sells themselves, they make sure that it has minimum, minimum standards. So, uh, but still, some phones do, put, do a lot better than, than others. Mm -hmm. uh, that is then, so there we have a very controlled uh, environment. That's why, for example, I like best drive testing. So I have a question, though. It seems like drive testing takes a lot of effort. Is, are they able to do it very often? Because it's such an extensive process, drive testing usually happens, depending on how, how big the market is, mm -hmm. um, the most I, I experience markets being driven is like four times a year. And that's like something like in New York uh, or in LA. Uh, typically markets get driven twice a year and small markets get driven once a year. Okay. And, and here mostly for drive testing, the primary customer is the network engineering group. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who really need uh, real data of here's the, the, the coverage tool, here's what we need to do. Um, crowd testing, you know, what crowd testing happens is like you go to um, speedtest.net or OpenSignal or AskSam or one of these. We don't know what quality the phone is in, if you just dumped it in the water or not. Uh, we don't know uh, of the phone. It's all different kind of phones. Uh, People usually do drive to, uh, do do their speed tests either when it's really fast or it's really slow or they want to show off. Mm -hmm. So the data, when you look at the distribution, the data is often uh, skewed to the two or more to the extreme. That they're trying their best to filter that out, but it's mm -hmm. something that you can't that easily because then you're you're, you basically are undermining your sample. Right. And I know like Ookla came out with a crowdsourced one recently that, and they said T-Mobile was the top, uh, was the fastest, but then they kind of noted that Verizon has a much larger rural footprint, so where it's harder to reach. So can that affect, things like that affect the outcome too? Absolutely. The advantage of, of crowdsourced testing is outside that footprint 
because you're not going to drive every single last mile of the United States for a drive test. Mm -hmm. It's cost prohibitive. Mm -hmm. Whereas you or me being somewhere in the middle of Idaho, uh, we're already there. And just for shits and giggles, we'll do a, we'll do a, 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 a speed test on, uh, on, a, on a mountain there. And lo and behold, we have low speed. Oh, really? <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. That flows into that, uh, into that as well. And in rural America, we often don't have as fast because there are not as many people, and, but it's often fast enough. But people are doing tests every day. So that's an advantage of crowd testing. And that they go out in places where, where, where drive testing doesn't, doesn't go. Now, because it's so many phones, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, you're not really measuring the network more of the user experience okay. with, an, with, a, with an uncontrolled device. But it's like, you know, going to, to school, uh, if, you, if, you, if your son goes or daughter goes to school, do you want, when they do their exam, everybody to have the same test mm -hmm. uh, with the same questions on the same book? Or do you want to have every student getting a different exam and sometimes not even on the same, roughly on the same topic? That's the difference between drive testing and crowdsource testing. Mm -hmm. um, I'd rather have everybody do the same test. Yeah, I think most um, and then you can also do that through, through surveys. Mm -hmm. Are there any advantages to surveys? Uh, it is, yes. You very often get, uh, you get insights, you get different level of insights. Mm -hmm. They're a lot slower. Uh, because it takes time for a sample to build up. So it takes a couple, it takes months, if not a year, to, to have enough sample in the field, or people have enough phones mm -hmm. and have enough experience with it. But you, you get a lot more, it doesn't get reduced down to just the metrics, but like how did it perform in this, how did it perform in, how well did it hold calls? It's a much more qualitative approach. I've used it um, in my time at, uh, at Nielsen uh, quite extensively. Mm -hmm. Some really interesting differentiating insights. So people, people know which ones, which phones perform better on that network than the other. Much slower, slower process. Um, so if you want to know which phone was like good a year ago, yes. yes. You want to know it now, you know. So for me, I got much more with the with the surveys, much more about how how well different phones perform on the network, because your comparison is not there to the other network, because there's always a very strong bias to believe that whatever carrier you chose is the best one. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And there's, there's a halo effect around it. Nobody wants to be proven wrong right. that they made a mistake. And if you think you made a mistake, you're probably going to switch anyway, or you're not going to admit it in the survey, at least. I always found that there was a much more positive halo between for the for the carrier that people were than than what showed up in the numbers. Mm -hmm. That's going up. But yeah, so um, you know there there are a lot of of advantages that uh, that I think drive testing has. It's repeatable. Uh, it's the true measurement of the network, not the device. Uh, the crowd testing is not repeatable because you're not doing the four to six tests really in the same at the same physical location. Uh, there's no selection bias, uh, you know, uh, meaning time when you wanted to do the test, but right. it's tested independently. Um, uh, there's no socioeconomic and geographic bias because, uh, you know, younger people uh, are more into doing these tests than, than richer people and you want to, and that has an impact of where people live, so you have more tests. Uh, you have, it, it, you're not testing every geography the same way. Um, but. Uh, the other disadvantage of drive testing is very often they are reset from test to test. Mm -hmm. so it's much harder to do a longitudinal analysis because 90, if you get, say, 90 points this year, that was different than 90 points last year. Okay, so they recalibrate it? They recalibrate it every year. So you can't really, so it's a snapshot in time. If mm -hmm. I would do it, I would do like, a longitudinal analysis, but they do it usually out of 100. And then what do you want to do next year out of 110? It's just messy. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I like about the ground testing with a lot of the numbers, it's you can do longitudinal analysis, meaning I can say, this is how it was this year, this is how it was next year, and, that, and the year before, and this is the progress or the lack thereof that happened. Whereas with um, ground testing, that's not there. That's what you can do with uh, surveys too, longitudinal analysis, as, as, the, as the devices are moving through that. Uh, and then crowd testing can be subject to manipulation. Um, and sometimes, you know, for a while, some of the uh, crowd testing providers gave sample data out. Mm -hmm. And when you look closely through the data, you find out like, unreleased devices on test networks. Huh. Like I found uh, a 1N1 Plus phone two years ago on a, on a test network running 100 bits per second. Uh, that, that was not a consumer network, you know? So, uh, and that went, in, went into the sample data. So I don't know. So that's like one of the things around QC. And, when you looked at some of the data back, you know, you saw numbers that uh, sun, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday was like seven. So for a couple of weeks or months, there was like 7,000 tests in a given market and it creeped like slowly up. And then suddenly on a Monday, it jumped from 
7,000 to 37,000 tests. For, and that 37,000 level was held until Friday. And Saturday and Sunday was like 7,000 tests again. And then Monday it started 37,000 again. And that went on for several weeks. And then it dropped down to that level again. So somebody was doing an automated test. Yeah, sounds like it. And so uh, did it make a big difference? No. But uh, it still throws up question marks. Right. They're not so, necessarily above board. Yeah, and they do so much data. They, sometimes they can do a better, better job and filter. They could do a better job filtering out, but most of the providers are no longer giving out their, their source data. So I can't double check that stuff, but that's okay. But that's why I like drive testing. Uh, because I know that the engineering departments of these carriers are looking at it, and if there's an error in it, they chew them out because they pay they pay money for that, and then the department is using it as a secondary secondary um, uh, use of it, whereas most of the crowd test data, the primary use is for marketing. I don't think that many engineering departments are placing their uh, decisions of where to put towers and things on crowd test data. Right. Uh, they use it as competitive data at times for illustration purposes, but I think everybody is using crowdsource data as a triangulation point rather than as, as the, uh, the true gospel. And so I think consumers should look at it the same way as an illustrative point. But I would put my my money always on a drive test rather than a, a rather than a crowdsourced one. I'm not dismissing the data; it's better than than nothing. Stuff out there. That makes sense. That's great. Great. Well, I think that was a good dive into the different methods of sourcing data. Um, I'll have to keep my eyes out for the drive testing data coming out. Yeah, and it, it, it helps you to look at the data in a different way. Right. Because data, and it's important to know what is really behind it. You know, it's, it's like, or another episode, it was really funny. One of the other crowdsourced uh, providers a couple of years ago did like uh, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, Sprint, Boost, and Virgin. Mm -hmm. And there were like uh, significant speed differences between Sprint, Boost, and Virgin. Mm -hmm. And I was like, really? It's the same network. Yeah. How can be one twice as fast as the other? Hmm. What is it? And the, and the third one was in between. So that is anything but network testing, because the network is equally fast right. for everybody. That's something else, maybe permissioning, maybe prioritization, maybe phone, maybe I don't know what. But it's not the network that you tested. It was something else. And uh, so you should always look with open eyes uh, at things like that when, when people throw out the different tests. And, but yeah, so yeah.
it's always important to know what, what you're testing. Good. Excellent. Well, thank you, Roger. That was interesting. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please join us next week for another episode. See I'm you. looking forward to it. Okay, see you next Tuesday. You have a good one.